Well, hello there, everyone. Welcome to the show. It is Denise. You are watching Speak Now Pro Wrestling here on F4W Online. It is February 7th, and we got NXT to talk about. It is the fallout from Vengeance Day, and we kind of got a bit to get into here today. So I honestly, today's show um, flew by for me because I ended up probably, usually I watch NXT live, but this time I tuned in probably, maybe, 45 minutes after the show had started, but by the last 30 minutes of the show, I was uh, like watching literally live. So the show completely flew by to me. It kind of feels weird watching it like so fast because I almost feel like, I don't know, it, it just went by too fast. If you've ever watched a two hour show, but without commercials, man, it flies by. Uh, so this episode completely flew by. There are some things that I'm very excited to talk about. Obviously, the big thing that we're going to be getting into today is the breakup of toxic attraction. So we will be talking about that and not a swerve this time, an official official breakup so we will get into that plus we also got some uh new feuds that have been developing we got a lot of announcements for uh what's going to be taking place next week we're kind of moving along you know we are on the road to nxt stand and deliver for wrestlemania weekend so we're making our way to that so i'm hoping that the next couple of weeks for nxt are pretty uh you know pretty good so i'm looking forward to it and we'll see what goes down but we got a couple of super chats to get into here today and then we'll go ahead and talk about what actually occurred on NXT here today. But we got our first super chat from Ed Jones. Uh, thank you so much to Ed for sending this in. Ed says, Denise, where did the WrestleMania hard hat in the background come from? Okay, so real fun little random story here. So um, oh, I'm like, where is it? Where is it? Uh, this hard hat that you guys see. Actually, I'll pull it up. I'll pull it up. Okay. Whoa, okay, so uh, this hard hat that you actually see here, it is technically something that not a lot of people have. There's probably maybe less than 20 people who probably have this. So do you guys remember when WrestleMania was supposed to be here in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium before COVID hit, like before COVID was a thing and we were supposed to get WrestleMania here? Uh, what was it? I think WrestleMania 37. Yeah, if I remember correctly, it was supposed to be WrestleMania 37. Is it 37? Yeah. Or 38. I forget which one. Whatever. It was supposed to be here in Los Angeles, okay? And so we had done this like pre-WrestleMania, um, I don't know what you call it. It was like a media scrum, but before WrestleMania. So it was like in February and it was supposed to be in anticipation for the year. So it was like a year in advance that they were doing this to promote WrestleMania at SoFi Stadium. SoFi Stadium wasn't even done yet. It was pretty much, um, they were doing construction and this and that. And so when we showed up for media day, um, they made us wear these like, these, these this construction hat and these like yellow, really goofy, um, God, what do you call those? Those things that like the construction workers wear that people wear like so that they won't. Um, God, what is it called? When so you, you won't get run over and you'll see like the crossing guards and stuff. They made us wear some of those. And it was supposed to be for like, uh, I, I didn't feel like we needed to wear all, the, all of this stuff. <laughs> really, I didn't feel like we had to wear a hard hat or anything. But because it was a construction uh, zone and we were in a construction area, I guess they like feared, oh, something's going to fall on our heads or something. But it wasn't even that that in the early stages of construction like it was pretty much done so I didn't feel we had to wear the hard hats or the little jackets but 
they made us wear it and we wore it. You can see my interviews up on my channel wearing it and looking pretty goofy, actually. Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns, when I did my interview with Roman Reigns, he looked at me and he's like, I can't take you guys seriously wearing all of this. And I'm like, bro, I feel silly doing this interview like this. But I guess now I see it as a collector's item, I guess. It's really just this little hat with um, little stickers, three little stickers, and that's it. So I saved it. And that's pretty much where I got the hard hat from. So uh, thank you, Ed Jones, for asking. Uh, we got a super chat here from Nick Grasso who says, Breaking up toxic attraction was not a smart move because I don't think either one of them are going over on their own should have just gotten them a new leader. Okay, so we are going to get into toxic attraction in just a second, but I will already tell you, Nick, I disagree on your point here, um, but for different reasons. Um, and I'm going to save that for, for when we get into toxic attraction. But I do want to say this, though. I am completely torn about the breakup where I'm seeing it from both sides, but I do disagree though, that I don't think one of them, it's not going to go on to like be a star on their own. Cause I do think that, I mean, it's developmental We and they've already kind of, they've delivered a whole lot on the character side of things. So I do think that they're going to, uh, I think they're going to do well in terms of being on their own. But again, we'll talk about that more in just a second. But I'm loving these hot takes, man, because uh, I think a lot of us are kind of going to be on different sides in terms of what we think about the breakup of toxic attraction. And we got another super chat from Danny Padilla. Thank you so much to Danny who says, Hi, Denise, hope you're doing well. A while back, I asked for a call when Dragon Lee arrives. I'd like to take that request back. If Vince truly comes back to power, poor Lee um, won't stand a chance. And this is something that I have talked about a couple of times. And mainly it's something that I've talk, talked about on the SmackDown side of things. So if you've ever, sorry guys, I need to pick up my leg. If, I've, if you've ever caught my Friday post shows, I've talked about this with a lot of the Hispanic talent, man. Uh, it's We're still, we're not really seen them do much with a couple of people that we're seeing. You know, I've talked about this in regards to Santos Escobar. I've talked about this um, in regards to other people as well on the show. I'm blinking right now, but um, with Legado del Fantasma and everything. And I've literally been talking about how I want people to give them a chance, man. Like we need to get people to get, get a chance. And, uh, you know, I just don't know what the presentation of him would be. Uh, I'm hopeful. I'm always hopeful, but that's pretty much all you can be. Uh, thank you so much to Danny Padilla uh, for sending in that super chat, though. I appreciate it. Um, we got another one here from Jared. Thank you so much to Jared, who says, um, do you think Gigi was supposed to go through the door and it didn't break? Dude, that spot where she where JC Jane shoved Gigi, that looked pretty rough onto the door. Uh, that was a pretty little rough spot that they did there. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if it was supposed to break. It's see, I don't think it was, it, but it did look brutal because she hit that like pretty head on. It was, it was pretty brutal. Um, but yes, thank you so much. Also, someone reminds me I was thinking of Los Lotharios as well. Yes, because I've talked about this numerous times on uh, SmackDown where they don't even give them the chance to even be taken seriously or credible on the show. And that's like literally my my gripe with that. I'm not saying 
go out there and make them tag team champions. I'm not even saying go out there and have them feud against the Usos. I would love it, but I'm not even going as far as that. I'm just saying, like, give them something, you know, uh, a little bit of anything at this point. It's just, it's always like you're, they're always stuck in that designated jobber situation. And so I hate to see that. And we do tend to see that a lot with the, with similar people. So, you know, what can we do? But let's go ahead and jump into the show, guys, because there's a lot to get into. So we're going to kick things off and um, I'm going to kick things off with Carmella Hayes and Trick Williams and uh, everything that happened with all of that. So at the top of the show, we had Hayes come out and he's talking about how, you know, he successfully defeated Apollo Hayes at Vengeance Day in their two out of three falls match. And so... Um, he is interrupted by J.D. McDonough. And J.D. McDonough basically buries him and tells him, you're not ready to be champ. You're not ready to be the face of the brand. And he said this because the conversation has been that aside from Braun Breaker, realistically, one of the guys that you can see in that position is Carmelo Hayes. And a lot of fans have been wondering when Carmelo Hayes is going to get his spot and if he is going to be the one to essentially take the title away from Braun Breaker. Uh, for the most part, looking at the roster and who you might predict is going to be the person to take the NXT championship off of Braun Breaker, I would say that the best bet right now is definitely Carmelo Hayes, especially if they decide to do that over on NXT Stand and Deliver. So that was kind of a shot at, at that. So that was pretty cool. But he basically tells them, you know what? In the ring, where it matters, you're not fit to hold my uh my jo my jock strap. So that was what JD McDonough said to Carmelo Hayes. Um, this then led to a match between Carmelo Hayes and JD McDonough. And the second this made the second they made this match, I was like, hell yeah, because these are two guys that I'm a fan of. Man, I'm a fan of JD McDonough. He goes out there and has entertaining matches. Um, you guys know how much I loved that triple threat match between Braun Breaker, Elia, and uh, JD McDonough. And then on top of that, you have Carmelo Hayes, who literally always goes out there and kills it. So I knew this was going to be a pretty good match, and for the most part, it was. Uh, you have this really cool uh, early on slap exchange between the both. You see, uh, Carmelo Hayes do this really cool cutter onto uh, JD. Uh, you see, there's a moment where um, where uh, we see a power bomb from JD as well. He goes for the pin, but it ends up being a near fall. Uh, Hayes then hits a code breaker on JD McDonough, and JD hits him with that headbutt. I love that headbutt that he does. But during this, we get the return of Ilya Dragunov, and I was like, yes. I can't even tell you how stoked I was about seeing Ilya Dragunov come back because he adds so much to this show. And um, when we had JD and Ilya and Braun, it really felt kind of exciting to see all of these guys really get in there and mix it up. And so when we got his return, I thought, hell yeah, man, uh, we're getting you know the ball rolling here to get some good stuff in the uh, the main title picture. It's what we want, right? So he's. So basically, Ilya comes out. He takes up trick. He takes out Trick Williams, and so this ends up. Um, what do you call it? This ends up just just causing a distraction, and Carmelo Hayes is able to uh, get the win here. So after this, though, 
Elia goes straight and goes in on the attack on JD McDonough. So that's kind of where we're at. And I'm just literally, I'm happy because just having the incorporation of JD and Elia Dragunov is just going to add so much to this roster, to this roster in terms of the program, in terms of the quality, uh, in terms of the quality of matches that we're getting on a weekly basis, because they brought some good quality stuff. And then it kind of, you know, slacked off a little bit. So seeing them come back, seeing them, you know, return and have them you know doing their thing uh this is definitely something that i think is going only going to add value to this particular show so man i'm all for it i can't even tell you i'm very excited about this and including carmelo hayes here um that's even better like i want to see you know whatever uh, combinations we can do here you know jd elia i would like to see uh, jd and carmelo again i would even like to see jd carmelo and elia in a triple threat um that's something that i personally would enjoy to see Danny Padilla sends in a super chat saying, how long have you been, uh, <laughs> how long have you been IWGP Intercontinental Champion? You know, I'm going for a really long run now, guys. I've been champ for a good amount of time, uh, just letting you know. Uh, but thank you, Danny Padilla, uh, for the nice super chat over here. Uh, Hunter Tillman sends this up sends in a very generous super chat. Thank you so much to Hunter who says, uh, hi, Denise, just wanted to say thank you for always killing it and working so hard to put out such great uh, product for your subscribers. You're one of my faves, much love. I appreciate it, Hunter, seriously, I do. Um, I have been like literally busting my butt with my YouTube channel. Um, it officially surpassed 89,000 subscribers today. And um, that makes me really incredibly happy because you guys know I'm trying to get to that 100K so that I can feel feel good about myself. So, so anyways, uh, we'll see when that happens. I, I, I honestly think that I'm going to hit 100k by the end of WrestleMania. I think that by the end of WrestleMania season, I will be at 100k for my YouTube channel. F4W is going to hit 100k in like a matter of days like in maybe in like a week or two i don't know but they are so close to 100k they're almost there too so it's going to be the year of 100k for lots of people uh but thank you so much to hunter tillman for this generous super chat here um okay so um let's see what else we got here and see what people are saying we got everybody saying uh this is from christopher smith saying jd versus elia is going to be fantastic Yes, it is. Christopher Smith also says, I could see Ilya being positioned as a main event guy, and he should be. Like, I'm sorry, but he shouldn't even be on NXT. Like, this guy should be on Raw. He should be on SmackDown. Uh, that's personally how I feel about it. But, you know, him being on NXT, I'm not going to complain right now because it just adds to the weekly, you know, Tuesday product that I'm watching every single week and that we're watching. So look, I'm not going to complain, but I do think this man should be on Raw or SmackDown at this point, having freaking bangers with whoever, you know, AJ Styles, Finn Balor, uh, Chad Gable, um, 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 maybe run it back again with Gunther. Um, I'm all here for all of that. Uh, there's a lot of really good stuff that you can do with Elia on the main roster. So that's personally how I feel about all of that. Um, okay, so let's see what else we got here and see what people um, are saying about all of this. Um, this is from Zeno Hour who says, right now the NXT uh, men's main event scene has Braun, Mello, Dragunov, Waller, JD, Apollo, and Tyler Bate. Wow, and both Dragon Lee and Carl Fredericks haven't even debuted yet. Yeah, and thank you so much for mentioning Tyler Bate. He's going to be somebody we talk about later on on the show because he does have a, uh, an upcoming match next week. So 
So I think it'll be, um, it'll be good. It'll be good. But we'll talk about that in just a second. Um, all right. So after this, let me see where we're at. Zoe Stark and Sol Ruka. So Sol Ruka has done the thing that, um, basically the thing that they've been wanting. So they've been, how do I, how do I say this? So one of the character, one of the character things about, about Grayson Waller is that he's supposed to be going viral and this and that. He finally did have a kind of viral moment with the whole NXT press conference and the whole call and the whole bit that they did that led him to getting suspended. But in terms of having a clip that like naturally went kind of viral on social media, it's so Ruka. So Ruka for doing that awesome spot that she did literally was all over my freaking timeline. And so, so, so Ruka kind of had a viral moment like within like the wrestling community and and all of that like in terms of I haven't seen very many other people get this clip just going around and so ever since then they because they had already kind of started to do a little something with Sol Ruka but ever since they saw that clip and that clip kind of went viral amongst wrestling fans and all of that um we're starting to see more of Sol Ruka it seems to me that they're like okay here we go. We got something. She's somebody that, you know, went viral with this clip. She had a moment. Let's hang on to that. Let's let's grab that and whatever you can and let's go with it. And let me tell you, I was a big fan of this match for two reasons. Not because it was this, you know, completely, you know, blow away match or anything like that. No, there's been far better matches. There's even been way better Zoe Stark matches. But the reason why I in particular loved this match was two reasons. One of them is that Sol Ruka went out there and she looks absolutely, I mean, we've already said this and I've said this before on previous shows, but I need to reiterate it once again. She looked incredibly athletic. So a lot of the stuff may not be, you know, perfectly, uh, you know, crisp yet in terms of mixing it in with uh, her wrestling and having that all mesh together. That's fine. That's fine. This is a developmental. I think sometimes we forget, like we are watching a developmental product each and every single week. But the reason I also love this match is because Zoe, we know Zoe is freaking phenomenal in the ring. She is great, man. We see her go out there and have a lot of, um, you know, good moments and good matches and whatnot. So having her in a match with Sol Ruka, again, this is a developmental she should be having matches with somebody like Zoe because Soruka is only going to get better by having matches with competitors like Zoe. Granted, like, you know, you can do all these matches with, you know, people that are at her same level or whatever. And, you know, there's going to be improvement, but there's nothing like going out there with somebody that is more advanced than you to learn and do better and to grow. And so that is the reason why I liked, loved this match with Zoe and Soruka because I got shades of what I can expect from Soruka once she's all polished out. And this was a develop, this was a perfect use of what NXT is supposed to be. NXT is supposed to be a place where we see people grow. Um, we've seen it with Tiffany Stratton. She's a perfect recent example. Um, but this is supposed to be a place where people can grow and, you know, just get better, right? While working in front of TV and also building a fan base. So for me, this was good stuff. Um, some of the moments that I liked, there was two spots where Zoe did a pretty killer clothesline twice on Sol Ruka, um, both of which garnered her a near... Uh, 
both of which were near falls, which was pretty cool to see as well. But um, so Ruka, she hits a really nice little simple drop kick. It'll improve. It'll get better. So does a springboard splash, which was really cool to see. Really like that. Uh, but Zoe gets the win, and that's perfectly fine. Um, like I said, I love this because this was beneficial to Soruka, especially given that this is a developmental and that's what we're supposed to be seeing. So I have a feeling that by the end of this year, we're going to be talking about Soruka kind of the way that we have been about Tiffany Stratton. So um, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Feeling pretty good about it. I'm not just rooting for her because she's a California girl. I'm not going to lie to you. I was already instantly liking her just because her whole gimmick is she's supposed, she's like, she, they kind of have her as like a very, a very, Stereo, stereotypical California girl character. I think like, you can do different types of the California girl. You can do like the very like beachy vibe, which is what they did with Solruka, or you can go like the influencer vibe, which is technically Tiffany Stratton. Tiffany Stratton could definitely play that. Well, she does play that role, except for the fact that Solruka is supposed to be like your stereotypical, what you would expect your California person to be. Maybe she is. I don't know. I know she is Californian, but uh, in terms of, Everything else, I don't know. But there we go. Um, David Kaplan sends in a super chat saying, I loved your vlog. You worked so hard. How much sleep did you get that week? Also just wondered, how did you end up working with F4W? Um, thank you so much for watching that vlog, by the way. Um, so really quick, just to give the story, a couple of you guys may have already heard it. I don't know. But the way that I started working with F4W was I had been a fan for a very long time. Uh, a lot of, this is, an, I don't think I've put this out there, but um, like I became a fan of F4W through, uh, through my husband, because he actually was a fan of F4W. And this was obviously before he was my husband. We were just, we were just friends actually at that point. And this was years ago, like 12 years ago, 13 years ago, and we were just friends. And he was the one who kind of like told me about it and introduced me to Brian and Vinny. And he was like, they're so funny. And there's, you know, Brian and Dave and this and that. And I was like, okay, I didn't even know about wrestling podcasting or anything like that. So he played it for me. And we kind of just ended up being fans. Like I loved Brian instantly. I thought Brian was just so freaking funny. And so we kind of just would listen all the time. And so years went by and I was a fan of you know f4w privy like this was the only website that i got my wrestling news from i didn't go anyplace else to get wrestling news it was only f4w that was it and the observer obviously and so all of that right and when i started doing wrestling media i um basically you know i was looking for a job because i couldn't find a job i was very much struggling i had no money and so I was trying to get work. And so I reached out to Brian and, um, you know, we kind of started getting all of that going and nothing really happened for about like a year, but I kind of just kept being consistent and they kept seeing my interviews and my work and whatnot. And I kept, you know, just being, I don't know how to explain it. I just kept being present, I guess. And then, uh, you know, one day I got the call finally, and that's pretty much how it all happened. So it sounds it sounds, I don't know what it sounds like, but it was just being consistent, showing my work continuously and kind of proving that, you know what, I can belong here. I can, you know, I can be part of this. Like, I, I, I feel like I have something to contribute, right? So that's pretty much how that came about. Uh, thank you to David for asking as well. I appreciate it. I don't think many people probably know all of that. So, so we'll see. Um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Scout your boy says Denise the friend zone Salcedo 
Oh man. Oh man. Um, all right. So let's go ahead and uh, press on from here and um, let's see, where are we at? So Zoe, okay. We just talked about Zoe and Sol Ruka. Um, after this, let's go ahead and get into Dabakato and Dante Chen. So Dabakato came back at Vengeance Day and turned on Apollo. And so he goes in there and he gets this. Uh, honestly, I thought this was going to be a faster squash match that he had with uh, than he had with Dante Chen. But Dante Chen actually went in there and got some offense in on uh, Dabakato. But look, how do I say this? It's giving him a place to be, a place to do something. Because quite frankly, I forgot he was even, I forgot he was even there. I forgot he was still part of the company. I kind of completely just forgot, completely forgot. And so this gives him something to do. Now, part of me was a little bit torn about this because I'm like, man, Apollo Crews has kind of moved on. He's doing something different. We're seeing new versions of Apollo Crews. And so I kind of didn't want to see him kind of go back to this. And I know they're not going back to this specifically. Like they're not doing everything that they were doing with, you know, what was it? Commander Aziz and all of that they were doing there. It's a little different now, right? They have history as we know, but I just kind of thought, oh, we're kind of going back to something that I don't necessarily think I wanted to go back to. But then again, I started thinking, well, what else is Apollo Crews going to do? He's not going to win the NXT championship. He just finished a program with Braun Breaker. He just, you know, did this with, uh, with, um, with Carmelo Hayes. So what else is there? okay, there's already that tie-in, that history with Kato. So you might as well, You, I guess you can say they both benefit. It gives him something to do. Uh, it gives them both something to do in a story that's instantly already there. So while it may not be the thing that I have any interest in, quite frankly, I see how it's benefiting both guys. Personally, for me, I got zero interest in the story, but I see how it's beneficial to both sides. So that's pretty much all I can add. Uh, Dante Chen, he does a really good job of going out there and being in squash matches, okay? We've seen him quite a few times now on NXT, and he does not do too shabby. He plays his role right and all of that, so that's fine. But again, not something I'm totally interested in, but hey, it's not too terrible either. Um, Sheldon Jackson sends in a super chat saying Denise's Cody Rhodes stories from undesirable to undeniable. Look at her now. <laughs> uh, thank you, Sheldon, for that. I appreciate it, man. Um, seriously, I appreciate it. Um, man, let's see what else we got here. Scout your boy says I only knew he was there because he's on the NXT Wikipedia. I didn't even know there was an NXT. Yeah, clearly there's an NXT Wikipedia. I just haven't been on it. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, man, again, I feel bad. I really feel bad because just because I'm not interested in it doesn't mean that it shouldn't be happening on the show, right? You got to give people opportunities. And you know what? I'm going to give them an opportunity to win me over with this story. I really am. I'm going to give them an opportunity here. I'm going to try. <sighs> Fernando Zaya says he seems better than Omas. Man, me and Omas are homies now, guys. I don't know how to tell you this. I'm besties now with Omas, Okay. I'm besties now. Like he went, he followed me on Instagram. We're besties. This is it. Like he met me during that interview. And it was so funny because um, when I did that interview with Amaz, I remember, oh, Maz, I remember he looked big, right? Like he looked tall, he looked massive. But it's one thing to stand like a little bit of a distance from him 
and then to stand directly in front of him. The second he was directly in front of me, I looked up and I was like, holy shit, this guy's huge. Um, it was a totally different experience from standing next to my camera and watching him do an interview with somebody else. And then when it was my turn, I got there and I'm looking at my camera and I'm setting it up. And then I turned and I was like, oh shit, he's huge, right? But he's such a nice guy, very simple guy in terms of just has, it seems like he has a simple personality from what I saw, but he seems he's very nice and he's very chill taking pictures with fans and all of that because he's not somebody that can you know just blend in you just can't like blend in and hide there's always going to be people coming up to him and being like oh he's so big you know you're gonna be seeing that a whole lot but there you go all right i agree with this this is from ryan who says it's a practical thing if nothing else even if it's not particularly unique or interesting but wholly they keep it shorter but hopefully they keep it shorter than longer and that's all about the whole um, the whole thing with the, uh, what am I talking about? Oh, yeah, Dabakato and Apollo Cruz. All right, next up, we got an interview with Roxanne Perez. And she's talking with, uh, with Mackenzie Mitchell. And, you know, she's talking about how she's so relieved about her first title defense. And she won against Gigi and JC. Um, she's excited for what's next. And, she, you know, she's being her usual cute self. And then uh, she's interrupted by Kaden and Katana. I can't believe this. I can't believe this. I have literally been saying the whole time that they were champions that we needed to give Kaden and Katana some sort of personality, right? I've literally been saying this because I kept forgetting they were champions and I love Kaden and Katana but they didn't do anything with them there so now that they're not champions anymore we're finally getting a little something from them we saw them like their heels now I didn't even realize it I didn't get to watch their tag team match so I may have missed you know um the details of that from Vengeance Day I uh, didn't get to watch this particular matchup but I was like okay so Kaden and Katana are pissed they're mad and they're somehow blaming it all on Roxanne Perez. They're mad because, you know, they got cheated on and they lost their belt. And then they decided to poke fun at Roxanne Perez for not having any friends. Now, here's the thing I want to say. Did this totally make sense? Not really. I don't get, and I hope I didn't miss something pivotal, but I do not get why um, Kaden and Katana had to go and be upset specifically at Roxanne Perez. Why? <laughs> that really didn't make sense. I know that they were, you know, leading to this match because, okay, so Roxanne, they make fun of her for not having friends. And Roxanne's like, I do have friends, whatever. I'm going to call somebody. So she says, I'm going to call somebody. I hope they pick up the phone. We later find out it's going to be Mako Satamora. And she's coming in to team with Roxanne Perez. And next week, they're going to wrestle Kaden and Katana. And I'm thinking to myself, two things here. First of all, Look, I'm cool with this. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to the match. But I really hope that we don't see Roxanne just kind of get dragged into these meaningless matches in terms of, I, how do I explain this? I don't like it when the champion is not... I only like to see the champion compete, like ch put up her belt, challenge for her belt in these one-on-one -on -one matches or triple threats or whatever. I don't necessarily want to see our champion 
in tag team matches and like this. To me, it just, just the story doesn't feel important. While I'm looking forward, I think the match is going to be fine. It's going to be entertaining. It just doesn't feel important. And I want to see Roxanne Perez in an important feud. And this to me is not important. And so I don't want them to like drop the importance of that because then you don't want her to have like a shitty reign by any means. And part of what makes something a shitty reign is not having like an important feud and not having like, you know, this big story with someone like the story that she had with Cora Jade was great. But then this whole thing with Gigi and JC, it was like, yeah, they were beefing and this and that. And, you know, they had history from when Mandy Rose was there. But the focus, the focus wasn't Roxanne anymore and toxic attraction. That became like secondary almost. The focus was really toxic attraction and what's going to happen with Gigi and JC, which we'll talk about later here today. So I'm a little bit hoping this is a one thing, one thing I want to know. Who's next right now for Roxanne? I want to have an indication of where we're going next. That's where I'm at. We got a super chat here from Sam Boone. Thank you so much to Sam who says, Hey, Denise, did you know about your former boss from AfterBuzz TV, Maria Menounos and Kevin will be parents of their baby? No, I had no idea, honestly. I didn't see that, but that's so awesome to hear. Thank you for breaking the news to me. I appreciate it, Sam. Uh, I truly had no idea. Uh, thank you for sending that in. Um, all right, so... And let's see what else we got here. Uh, Sheldon sends in a super chat saying, it's like the NXT women's tag team titles are like the ROH World Championship back in the day. Once you lose the title, you turn heel for some reason. Um, and I appreciate that insight as well. Really, I do. I hope that we'll see. Uh, but this is one from Leo who says, Mako would challenge Roxanne for the bout. I hope so. I would like to see that. I would really like to see that. Even if they were to do some sort of like, okay, Let's just do a friendly competition type thing. I don't care. I just want to see Roxanne go out there and mix it up with all of these different competitors. Like that to me is what I want to get from, you know, the NXT Women's Champion. And keep in mind that prior to this, Mandy Rose was the champion. She was champion for a long time and she didn't have that many matches. That was something that we would come on here and talk about previously that Mandy Rose, we weren't really seeing her have all these matches. And so... To me, I want to get diff something different from Roxanne Perez as champ. And, you know, she's a babyface champ. And what's more entertaining than seeing a babyface put up their belt and challenge and, I mean, put up their, their belt, defend it, and win in entertaining matches? Now, that's a babyface that I want to cheer for. That's a babyface I want to get behind. And um, so I want to keep seeing that with Roxanne Perez. So we'll see. And there's a lot of options too. There's so many options with the girls for NXT. Like that's something right now that they're not limited of. They have a lot of options uh, for Roxanne Perez. So that's where I'm at with that one here. Uh, Christopher Smith says, I get the feeling that Roxanne is in these filler feuds until we get her the next challenger. Exactly. And that's why I'm saying I want this filler phase to go fast. Fast. Um, all right, so let's get into um, the next thing here. So after this, we got a match between Isla Dawn and Tatum Paxley. Basically, this whole thing started because Isla accused Tatum of being the, the person that hurt Nikita in the parking lot. They're still trying to figure all of that out and who that is. Um, this match was a little rocky, but it was decent. It was decent. It wasn't a bad match. It was a little rocky, but it wasn't bad. Um, we saw a nice little gut wrench suplex from Tatum. She goes for the pin. It's a near fall. Um, <laughs> Um, we see, um, 
Tatum Paxley go for a cross body and Isla moves out of the way. So that's something there. Isla does eventually get the win after she like summons the demon. She rolls her eyes backwards and stuff. And then she summons whatever she summons and gets her win. Uh, I'm really liking what they're doing with Isla Dawn. I've said this before. And, uh, you know, obviously now she has the partnership with Alba Fire, which somebody brought up last week that they think that she's under a spell Alba fires under a spell from Isla Dawn. So we'll see. Um, but this was a decent win for Isla. They've been keeping her pretty strong in terms of getting her wins and all of that since, you know, since her NXT deadline match and everything, they've been keeping her pretty strong. So good for her. Um, let me try to think if there's anything else I want to add to that. No, that's kind of, that's kind of it. So, um, we already talked about JD McDonough and Carmelo Hayes. Let's get into Thea Hale and Tiffany Stratton. So, Tiffany is being Tiffany. The best way to describe this segment is Thea Hale is being Thea Hale and Tiffany Stratton is being Tiffany Stratton. Tiffany's being super bougie and not really wanting to deal with Thea Hale. Thea Hale's kind of being annoying about Andre Ch uh, Chase University. And she's, you know, oh my God, I have an assignment. And she's yelling and then she goes, no way, that's not due yet. I have till this, this and then. And so Tiffany's kind of like, whatever, right? I don't know how to say this, but I love these two. And I just want to get a bunch more interactions between Tiffany and Thea Hale. And I wouldn't mind it if down the line, we saw them as like this odd couple tag team because they kind of match. I don't know how to explain it. Like they really, really match together. They match in a way that they don't match. That doesn't make sense, but it works. Okay. Um, but after this, the thing we need to talk about is really what happened during after this. So after Thea and Tiffany were, you know, kind of arguing amongst themselves, Ava Rain comes and basically <laughs> she kidnaps Thea Hale. She gets her in a chokehold and then drags her away. She kidnaps Thea Hale. Um, we see a lot of kidnappings in NXT. It's like the thing. We know this. It's the thing. But why did Ava Rain kidnap Thea Hale? Do I have the answers? No, I don't. Um, I'm thinking here because I had an idea while I was watching NXT and now it completely left my head for a second. But basically, I'm thinking, okay, well, clearly this is going to be something with the diet and the diet and Chase University and they're going to do probably something together. And that's going to be what we're getting to. And I kind of like the idea of that because it reminds me of like the preppy school kids with all the school spirit versus the goth emo kids that are like totally over school and we don't care dude um that is the picture that i'm getting here between uh you know the schism and chase university completely polar opposites here um so that's what i'm thinking this is heading towards uh clearly I feel like we would have to get Ava Rain and Thea versus Thea Hale. That would make sense to me. I mean, if some woman kidnapped me, I'm sure as hell going to want to have a match with her. Um, but we're going to talk about um, what happened afterwards. So Duke Hudson and Andre Chase are having a match against Pretty Deadly. And they lose this match because during this match, uh, Thea Hale appears she runs out and she's screaming she's hollering and she's like oh my god and you know this i don't know what she's yelling i can't make out what she's yelling she throws herself on the ground she's shaking she's holding on to her legs and she's you know tr completely traumatized she's got the eyes and she's like oh <laughs> fucking brilliant i love thea hale thea hale is like my favorite 
person on NXT, okay? Protect Thea Hale at all cost, okay? If anybody messes with Thea Hale, I'm coming after you, man. Nobody messes with Thea Hale. Um, but anyway, so she's great, man. She's coming out there. She's like, you know, eyes bulging out and, you know, she's scared of everything. And they're, you know, Duke and Andre are like trying to figure, you know, what's wrong with her and this and that. They end up losing their match. Pretty deadly wins. And, you know, now we're most likely, I think we're getting, yeah, pretty deadly gallus. So that's kind of where we're at on that end. But uh, for me, it looks like we're going into the schism with all of this and chase you. And so we're probably going to get, I'm hoping we get some, some funny bits here. Although who knows what we get there. We'll see. Um, let's see what else we got. Uh, Scoucher boy says Joe, Joe Gacy has been putting stuff on Instagram about Andre chase. I didn't see that. I haven't seen that. So thank you for sharing that. I did not know. Uh, Zeno Howard says, my question is, did Tiffany witness the kidnapping and just not care? I can totally see Tiffany seeing the kidnapping and just not caring. Yeah, she didn't care. She's, she's just there. You think she's going to care? Tiffany Stratton is not going to care if Thea Hale gets kidnapped. That's not her character. She's going to be like, oh, keep filing her nails, you know? She's not going to She's not going to care. Um, let's see what we got here. Let's see what people are saying about all of this. Uh, let's see. Um, let's see what people are saying. Everybody still wants me to commit to chase you. It ain't going to happen, guys. It ain't going to happen. All right. Um, now let's move on. So after this, we got Valentina Ferroes versus Lyra Valkyra. So this match here, maybe not the best, but it was fine. Uh, Lyra has definitely looked a little bit stronger, uh, but this match with Valentina, it was okay. It was just there. It was kind of what you expect from this match here. But the whole thing we need to get into this is Electra Lopez. So Electra Lopez comes out and she gives the brass knucks to Valentina. She wants her to use it. Wendy chews on the outside and she's yelling at her. She's telling her, don't use them. Don't use them. And so then uh, she doesn't use them. She doesn't get an opportunity. Lyra goes in there, gets her with a couple of roundhouse kicks, gets the win. Um, so this was really nothing... <sighs> feel kind of bad. Honestly, I feel I feel like Electra Lopez is still tr trying to find her thing. Wendy Chu is still trying to find her thing. Like there's the character with Wendy Chu. I still don't know what else we're going from there because right now she kind of feels like she's just in the shadow. She's just in the side. She just feels like a side of fries right now. She ain't the chicken nugget right now. And so that's not necessarily what I think Wendy Chu deserves. I think she's been kicking ass on NXT, but this is what this is right now. So kind of feels like they're all just trying to you know they're square dancing we're trying to figure out who's connecting with who and all of that but this was just there although I do really like Lyra though Lyra Valkyra really like Lyra all right I don't know what I'm saying anymore <laughs> Christopher says I forgot this match even happened YT says Denise gonna reject any chase you acceptance letter she gets so it's funny I'll, I'll tell a quick story. I won't give too much detail about this though. But so, you know, there's a lot of people that watch my show that, you know, work for NXT and work on NXT and all of that. We'll give any specifics on that, but I know this. And so I was asked when I went to NXT, like just, you know, friendly, I was asked like, hey, you know, what don't you like on the show? What do you like on the show? And I was like, ooh, should I be honest? And so I was I was completely honest. And I said, you know, what I liked and what I didn't like. But during this, 
um, the person told me like, oh yeah, I know you don't like Andre, that you don't like Andre Chase or Chase U University. And I was like, damn, I really regretted saying that on my show because I felt so bad about it. I was like, oh man, I feel really bad that you heard that. I feel really terrible about it. And so it was one of those things that makes me laugh. And it's actually one of my fondest memories from the NXT thing where I'm like, oh man, you heard that shit, you know? It really makes you think about what you're saying on these shows. So just heads up now. Um, all right. Christopher Smith says, Wendy becoming the chicken nugget is the greatest thing ever. You know what I mean, guys. You know what I mean. Fries are great and all, but we're here for the chicken nuggets. All right. Let's see what we got. Um, after this, we had a Wesley. So this is a whole topic that I kind of want to dive into. And the topic here is, I have been saying prior to... Uh, you know, prior to Vengeance Day and everything, I was saying, I'm ready for a new NXT North American champion. I'm ready for a new NXT North American champion. We did not get a new NXT North American champion. Uh, it is still Wesley. With that being said, I did watch Wesley versus Dijak at Vengeance Day, and they had probably the best match of the night. It was a great opener. They freaking killed it. They had it, it was the match that you needed them to be, especially on the spot of the card, etc. One of the things that I want to say about this is they need to keep doing this type of stuff with Wesley because I really lost interest. And keep in mind, I'm a fan of Wesley. I'm rooting for the guy. But I did lose interest and interest all the way to Vengeance Day. All the way to Vengeance Day, I completely lost interest in Wesley. And I didn't care anymore. I was like, I want somebody new. I'm over this. There's, I'm not getting anything from this. And so I want them to keep doing like what they did with Wesley and Dijak, but weekly on NXT. If they need to keep it going weekly. Now, with that being said, they played a freaking brilliant video today. They did like a, I don't know what the official title of it is, but it was like an on the road thing. It was a vlog. It was a vlog. It was a Wesley vlog leading up to Vengeance Day. And I don't know if that was uh, his girlfriend or his wife. I don't, I don't know what the situation is, but um, they basically, this was very endearing. Like this was really nice because she was talking to the camera about, you know, how hard Wesley works and how much he cares about other people and how much, you know, he's been through and this and that. And she's legitimately crying. Like she's legitimately crying and putting out these, uh, you know, feelings. And I'm watching this and I'm going, oh my God, like that was, how do I explain it? One of the best things that we have seen from Wesley since the breakup of, um, or I don't want to say the breakup, that's not the right word here, but since the separation, I guess you can say the separation of MSK, the, the controversy, the drama, whatever you want to use to describe it, uh, the the best thing that we have seen besides him actually winning the title was that promo that he did where the guy's tearing up and he's talking about, you know, everything that he's lost and, you know, this and that and the fans being behind him. That was legitimately one of the best things we got with Wesley. And so, and then obviously fast forward to this match to Vengeance Day. Now, I feel that the best thing Wesley does is connect with audiences. And so them doing this, video to me it hit really hard where I was like man even though I was kind of a little bit over the rain I kind of thought like damn I feel like I take it back man like I want to see 
Wesley as champion, but I also wanted to be entertaining every week. So I really hope they go out there and really let him show what he can do every week or at least every other week, you know? So there you go. And thank you to everybody here who says that is his wife, by the way. Uh, so it was his wife that was in the video. She did phenomenal, man. Holy cow. Just going out there and really talking about the person that you love. That's very, very simple. And but not a lot of people can do that because it's not easy to do that. It's not easy to go on camera and open up about your feelings. That is a very difficult thing to do. But she did it. And she made Wesley just look like the most relatable everyday guy like you want to cheer for him like he's your brother you want to cheer for him like he's your cousin you want to cheer for him like he's a family member that is how they made you feel watching this little video that they did so I really liked this and again just keep the action going and they're clearly doing the open challenge next week I'm assuming Tony Tony's probably going to answer that so um, that's what I'm expecting from it. But let's keep it going like that, man. They just need to keep the action going. And uh, there could be a lot to do there with Wesley as champ. Um, all right. So let's see what else we got here. Let's get into... Um, Let's get into Tyler. Uh, let's get into Odyssey Jones and Channing Stacks Lorenzo. So we had Odyssey Jones versus Channing Stacks Lorenzo. Um, this one was a little bit rough for me. This one was a little bit rough for me because so we had Jones essentially get him with a clothesline. And, you know, he's pretty much dominating from the very beginning. But then at one point we see a DDT from Stax and then he gets him with a rat right and then he gets up with a stomp and he wins. I'm just gonna be comp completely real. I really couldn't buy this one. And I also just have a lot more interest in Odyssey Jones right now. And so I feel like ever since he came back, he they haven't necessarily gotten that. There hasn't been anything to grab a hold of just yet with Odyssey Jones since he came back. And that's what kind of bums me out because I feel like he can literally be like the next Bronson Reed on this roster, but they're not exactly doing that with him. And so I was a little bit bummed out with this result. I want to see Odyssey Jones be more of the Bronson Reed of NXT. So personally, I was a little bit, ups I don't want to say upset, upset's a harsh word, but for the sake of what we're talking about, for the sake of this show, for the sake of my interest in the show, I was upset with the outcome of this and the direction because I did not like seeing Odyssey Jones lose in that fashion. I just didn't think it was believable. And I just feel like there's so much more that can be done with Odyssey Jones. So personally, I wasn't a fan of this one here. Um, this one was not for me. I didn't like the ending. Uh, it just didn't necessarily stick whatsoever. So there you go. Um, we had a promo from Indusher. And this was the same thing. I had the same issue with this match last week when they did when they had them defeat the Creed brothers. I wasn't a fan of that either. Although I understand why they did it. I just didn't care for it either. So I kind of felt the exact same way, but more so a little bit more with this one because um, I'm a fan of Sangha and I'm a fan of Veer, but I'm not that big of a fan to see them defeat Creed brothers last week. Uh, Creed brothers to me should be in an entirely different story in an entirely different feud. Uh, they're just on a whole other level and I want to see them do something else. But and to share, um, seeing them do their promo, that was great. It's the same thing, though. Every week, it's the same thing. They want to be treated differently. 
They want to be treated like they're larger than life exactly the way they are back home. Although I did like this video because I liked the footage that they played with them, with them, you know, being loved by the masses and all of that. So that was fun to see. But man, other than that, pass. Next week, we are going to be seeing that Wesley Open Challenge, which I'm assuming Tony's going to answer that. Uh, Braun Breaker returns following this match with Grayson Waller at Vengeance Day. We're also going to be seeing Mako and Roxanne team up against Kaden and Katana. And then Tyler Bate versus Grayson Waller. I'm looking forward to this one. Um, I hope that this is a match where uh, we see both guys look good. I'm hoping that's what we get out of this one. So I kind of have, I have some high hopes for Tyler Bate, Grayson Waller, and I hope it doesn't let me down. Let me down. All right. So last but not least, let's get into the big topic of the day. And that is toxic attraction. So. Man, a lot of things have changed for Toxic Attraction. They were, you know, tag team champions for a very long time. Uh, at one point, it did get a little bit stale and, you know, it was time to really move on. And they did. They moved on. Uh, but, you know, they were for a year, maybe even a little bit more than a year. I forget how much exactly, but definitely over a year. What am I talking about? Definitely over a year. We were seeing them with Mandy Rose and, you know, doing their thing and they really had something there. And, you know, because of what happened with Mandy Rose and she's gone from the company. And so JC and Gigi were pretty much left on their own. Now, a lot of us were wondering, are they going to get a new leader? If so, who is this new leader going to be? A lot of us thought maybe Tiffany Stratton, maybe it's Sonia Deville, maybe it's this person or that person. We all had different ideas of who we thought was going to be the leader of uh, JC and Gigi. However, they decided not to do that. They decided not to go that direction. Okay, fine. I didn't mind it because um, I really thought that, J that JC and Gigi didn't really need a leader. They really didn't. We were seeing their personalities kind of come out a little bit stronger where they weren't, you know, they weren't the freaking, they weren't the French fries in the meal. Now they're the chicken nuggets, you know? They're the main thing. And so we were seeing that with toxic attraction since Mandy left, seeing more personality, seeing them shine just a little bit differently. They were doing pretty well on their own. They get into this program with Roxanne Perez. They uh, they do this whole thing where they fool Roxanne Perez and making her think that they're going to break up, but it ends up being a swerve. And so they, uh, they're friends again. They go into this match at Vengeance Day. Uh, they basically screw each other, and Roxanne Perez gets her victory. And now they're on Ding Dong Hello with Bailey. And Bailey, so they come out. They're on Ding Dong Hello. And Gigi and JC are bickering amongst each other and they're upset. They're blaming each other for their losses and for screwing them out of becoming NXT Women's Champion. And so they're really pissed off. And what was weird was, and we should have seen, I had a feeling that they were going to do an official, an official um, breakup here, but I wasn't too sure. I was maybe like 50-50, okay? I was 50-50 on whether or not there was going to be a breakup at this moment, but whatever. So when Gigi and JC came in, JC was like really happy and she was excited to be there. But Gigi looked a lot more irritated. She was kind of annoyed. She didn't even like that JC went through the door. She was just very, very annoyed. That led to the bickering. This then led to Bailey sort of mediating uh, their friendship and kind of getting them to be friends again. And it worked, supposedly. So they're friends. And I'm putting air quotes for the audio listeners. They're friends. And um, then they tell 
Bailey, like, oh, well, maybe, you know, we'll go for the, uh, we'll go for the, the, the tag team titles. Maybe we'll challenge damage control. And Bailey's Bailey has a really funny line because she tells the crowd. Uh, what does she say? She says, uh, don't get excited idiots. And it made me laugh so hard. But even before this, the bickering between JC and Gigi was pretty good. There was a moment where, um, I think it was Gigi. No, it was JC. JC tells Gigi, you look like a hobo who banged a Chucky doll. What does that even mean? How does one look like a hobo that banged, banged a Chucky doll? How does one look like they banged a Chucky doll? <laughs> Seriously, this was hilarious as all hell. So anyways, um, so whatever, they're friends again, supposedly. They're celebrating. They're like, oh, maybe we're going to challenge damage control. And then they're, you know, raising each other's hands up, doing their thing. And out of nowhere, uh, JC turns on Gigi. JC turns on Gigi, freaking kicks her, throws her right into the door. Completely brutal, by the way. And then Gigi, Gigi killed me with this. Gigi was on the ground making like crying sounds. She has the best crying sounds ever. Uh, go back and re-listen to it because she was like, <laughs> I kid you not. Go back and re-listen to her crying. It was great. I freaking loved it. Um, so, uh, you know, JC's all up in her face and that's pretty much how NXT closes out. But here's the thing. I'm torn. I'm torn. Now, I did disagree earlier when someone said that they wouldn't be a star on their own. I do think I've seen Gigi since, you know, before she was in NXT, I would see her over on, you know, uh, the indie days. I saw her when she was, you know, doing stuff with Darby. I would see her, you know, all of this stuff. I got to see her, in, you know, all of these different promotions in the indies here in LA. So I've seen herself, I've seen her and she presents herself very, very well. She's entertaining. She's going to be a star, uh, whether she's by herself or whether she's in a group or whatever. Jay has shown that she kind of sticks out a lot more than JC. There was times where she kind of even stole a little bit of Mandy's thunder even with just her facial reactions. Like she's really good at being mean. She's a really good mean girl. And so with that being said, when I was torn because I really do like JC and Gigi together. I think that they're funny in the sense that they're always, I wanted to see more of this, you know, them kind of, I didn't want the turn to happen just yet. I wanted to see a little bit more of them sort of being like frenemies where, yeah, they're friends, but maybe they're a little bit fake about it. I don't know, just with their comedy and the way that they kind of like bounce off of each other and some of the things that they say, it's literally like watching, if it was like, if we were seeing Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie argue amongst each other. That's how I picture, that's how I see, um, what do you call it, Gigi and JC arguing with each other. So anyways, um, for me, I like them together. I wanted to see them bicker more, but at the same time, I know that having them feud against each other is also going to be good because you know it's gonna be mean. You know they're gonna go and, you know, they're going to, they're going to say some stuff. They're going to get very, very low. They're going to hit some low blows is what I'm getting at. They're going to do mean things to each other. And that's what I want to see. Actually, now that I think about it, 
what would work perfectly with this particular story is I don't know how many of you guys saw Bride Wars, but do you remember Kate Hudson and Anne Hathaway and and Bride Wars or what is it? Bride Wars? Was it Bride Wars? That movie, the one with Kate Hudson and uh, Anne Hathaway. So in that in that movie, you know, they were supposed to be each other's bridesmaids. They fought for the they fought for the day for the same date at the same venue. And so this ended up causing beef between them and the things that they would do to each other. They would do things to each other to basically screw the other person. Right. Whether it was, you know, uh, and Hathaway dyes her hair blue once or just like really random stuff. She one of them. um Anne Hathaway sends all this food to uh, to Kate Hudson so that she gains a bunch of weight before her wedding. I would kind of like to see something like that between Gigi and JC, where they're doing these really messed up things to each other, where they kind of, you know, screw them. One messes up her hair. Um, maybe she, I don't know, swaps her face cream for foot cream like they did in Mean Girls. Um, little things like that is what I kind of want to see from this. So I hope and this is the thing that we have been seeing with NXT. We see them get a little bit creative when it comes to um, when it comes to these you know, backstage segments, these vignettes and things that they do like that. I would really like it if they did something like that with toxic attraction where they're just literally screwing each other in like the most Little ways, but also ways that would really ruin someone's day. Little things. And they could do funny stuff with that. Uh, they could even like involve Tiffany Stratton in this if they wanted to. Maybe have her be like a person that helps them out or something. Okay, now I'm just fantasy booking right now. Um, but this is definitely something that I would like to see. And Joan says, uh, JC sends Gigi a truckload of chicken nuggets. Hey, man. Hey, we could do that. I don't care. There's there's options there. Um, so there's definitely options. Neil Henry says everyone leaves loves Gigi. So she has to be the baby face. I think that the reason to me, JC should be the heel as she is here. Is the, it's the right call because I think she's the one that's really good at being a mean girl. I think that Gigi's good too, but JC's like extra good at being mean. And so for that reason, I feel like she definitely had to be the mean girl in this one. And, you know, Gigi had to be the baby face in this one. Um, but man, alrighty guys, I was definitely there for this. I'm excited. I was torn though. I was torn on uh, how I felt about this. And I think it's really because I like toxic attraction together and separate. Cool with it. Cool with it. Um, I'm excited. Alrighty, everyone. That was NXT February 7th. Um, a lot of good stuff fallout from vengeance day. I want to thank you guys so much as always for being here. I will be back tomorrow for AEW Dynamite. So please make sure to tune into that. That's my most popular show of the week. And then Friday, I will be here for SmackDown and Rampage coverage. I hope to see you there. Uh, that's usually my show with the most hot takes now. Um, I noticed that Friday is hot takes day, man. I think it's the end of the week. I'm done. I'm fed up. I'm a little bit grumpier. I'm a little bit, uh, I'm old, I'm grumpy. <laughs> I was about to cut the CM Punk promo where he says, I'm old, I'm grumpy, and I work with a bunch of kids. But I didn't mean, but I don't, but that wouldn't make sense here. But anyways, whatever. All right, I'll see you guys tomorrow for AEW Dynamite and then Friday for SmackDown and Rampage. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you so much for being here as always. Bye.